Well, hi there and welcome. It's Take Two with Jerry and Debbie and you on EWTN Radio. I am Jerry Usher along with Debbie Giorgiani and the show team. And the you part of today's show is we invite you to listen and take in all that we are going to be speaking about with our very special guest today. We don't have a live show today. We're off live, but we wanted to bring you a brand new original program, and that's what we're going to do today. And Debbie, I am looking so forward. that we, It's a guest we've had on the show before, and a lot of very interesting things are going to, we're going to be talking about today. Well, and he is a favorite of the Take Two family, Jerry. So I say we we introduce and dive right into the conversation because I know he's got a lot to share with us because his book is very popular. Yeah, it is Father Cedric Pazania. He is a passionist priest, is a respected and accomplished author of over of 25 books and a dynamic speaker known for his inspirational messages that resonate with audiences around the world. He has a passion for faith, personal growth, and positivity. And Father Cedric has dedicated his life to uplifting others and helping them find deeper meaning and purpose. Father Cedric Pazania, welcome to our program. Welcome back, I should say. Hey, Jerry and Debbie, so good to be with you. And a great big welcome to all of your listeners. And, you know, as you were introducing me, I thought you are both life coaches. And in many ways, as a Catholic priest, that's exactly what I am. I'm a life coach trying to help people to be their best and also to embrace eternal life, especially. I want people to go to heaven. Wow, that's beautiful. Well, Father, um, it's amazing. I have been on the on the social media feeds. Uh, everything is popping up about your experience, your personal experience, and then of course the book that uh, we reference, "Death: The Final Surrender." And by the way, folks, you're going to want to pick up this book. It's available at ewtnrc.com. It's item number thirty-eight, thirty-seven. I'm just saying, I would write it down, and I would definitely pick up the book after this interview. But Father, if it's okay with you, let's let's jump right in because this is a very deep subject with many layers and um, uh, levels of understanding. So, Father, you had two near-death experiences? Yeah, I think near-death experiences are in the news lately, and people are very interested in it. And, well, they should be because there is life after death. There's much more than what meets the eye right now. And this happened to me when I was 19, just turned 20 years old. I had been born and brought up Catholic but had fallen away from the faith. And I started to come back, and I started reading the scriptures, and one verse that changed my life was Matthew 7, 7, and it's, ask and you shall receive, knock and the door will be opened, seek and you will find. So I started praying, and I started reading the scriptures, and months later, I had two experiences a month apart from each other, and they were what I call near-death experiences. The classic elements are the sensation of leaving your body, going through a tunnel, meeting God, having a judgment, returning to your body, and then a changed life. And I say classic elements because Dr. Raymond Moody wrote a book about people who died on the operating table, and they had these elements that happened to them. Well, those same things happened to me two times, twice, about a month apart from each other. I had never had anything like that happen, and I've haven't had anything since. And I liken it to a near-death experience, but the interesting thing was I was not even sick. I was just a young man, 19, 20 years old, but I had been giving my life to Christ and praying for wisdom and asking and seeking and knocking. And this was God's answer. He gave me a vision. More than a vision, it was a very 
true, real experience of his glory, of his presence, of the afterlife. And I came back a changed man. I told you that I hadn't even really been going to church and now I'm a Catholic priest. <laughs> I have been a priest now for 32 years. And not only that, I, I gave myself to a religious community called the Passionists. We are dedicated to the Passion of Christ. So I've professed vows of poverty, chastity, and obedience, as well as our vow to remember the Passion, proclaim the Passion. In other words, I'm all in. I've become a priest, I've become a religious, all from these experiences. There's a proverb that says, without a vision, people perish. And what God did is he gave me a vision at a very vulnerable time in my life when I was 19, 20 years old, just a freshman, sophomore in college. And I was looking for a future, looking for a destiny. Wasn't sure what I was going to do with my life. And God intervened, showed me what is to come. And now there's no looking back. I have totally changed and uh, now God has opened up the door for media. I have a television program on EWTN Sundays at 6.30 a.m. Eastern. I have interviews um, on other networks, so it's all good. You're listening to Take Two with Jerry and Debbie on EWTN Radio. Father Cedric Pazania is our guest. He has been on the show with us before, and we're talking at least briefly here at the start of the show about his latest <clears> book. <throat> it's called Death, uh, The Final Surrender, and really kind of based around two near-death experiences that Father had and uh, really helped to lead him to where he is today. And Father, you mentioned uh, the uh, the Order of the Passionists and, and, and being a member of that community. Would you say your entry into religious life and priesthood was really fueled and a kind of a direct result of these experiences that you had? Yes, and they didn't happen all at once. It took me a while to understand what these meant. These, I say these, because there were two near-death experiences. And let me try to explain what the near-death experiences were. They were uh, very radical, uh, overwhelming, uh, traumatic experiences for me. I, I know Protestants talk about being born again, and so do Catholics. We, we usually use the word baptism and being born again, but I was born again. I had a rebirth experience, and it was beautiful. Doug Heck has interviewed me on Bookmark about this, and this has become, out of my 25 books, this has become the bestseller, Death, the Final Surrender, and rightly so, because it has to do with the afterlife, and God has given me a glimpse. First thing that happened was, when I went through the tunnel, I experienced uh, an overwhelming light, uh, luminescent light. God is light, the scriptures tell us, and that is so true. And Along with light, I experienced this glory. The glory is the, uh, the electricity, the, the pleasure, the wonderful ecstasy of God. We are made for the beatific vision, and that's what I was experiencing. And I had the biggest smile on my face. I was full of joy. It was amazing. I was plugged into God. And most of all, along with the light and the glory, what I experienced was love, the wonderful, overwhelming love of God. Well, we can continue right there, Father. This is fascinating, and I'm so happy to hear that this is your most popular book. We're going to get a little bit more on the book and so much more that we're going to talk about with our guest, Father Cedric Pazania. He is with us today on a pre-recorded Take Two with Jerry and Debbie on EWTN Radio. We'll be right back. Do stay with us. so glad you tuned in to this pre-recorded special broadcast. We are interviewing um, Father Cedric 
Pizenia, and he is the author of many books, 25 books, um, and also this book you need to pick up at the EWTN Religious Catalog. And so let me just share with you, because Father Cedric's book is there, item number 3837. The EWTN Religious Catalog is your online destination for gifts and holy reminders for the new year. By Catholic shop EWTNRC.com today and receive regular emails from your EWTN religious catalog. Visit EWTN.com and click on subscribe. So Father Cedric, you were um, you were talking about your experience. Could you please rewind just about 10 seconds and pick up where you left off? Because I agree with Jerry. This is beyond fascinating. And to have a, a Catholic priest that we know and love and trust go through this experience, this helps all of us. So thank you, Father, for sharing. You said it was very personal. It was, it was, you know, it was very impactful to you. But for you to be able to share it with us, it, it benefits us greatly. So that's a gift to us. And we need to hear more of your story. Well, thanks, Debbie. These these two near-death experiences were very intense and traumatic and totally turned my life around, changed my life. And as I was saying, I became a Catholic priest because of it, because now I know what life is all about, the meaning of life and the purpose of life. Life is a preparation. Life here on earth is a preparation for meeting God. And it's really important that we be prepared. And I'll tell you a little bit more about my experience and we can talk about the preparation if you want. But as I was saying, I experienced this intense luminescent light. God is light and light is life. I also experienced an overwhelming glory. The glory is the ecstasy and the intense pleasure of God that we are made for. We all have a hole in our soul and people try to fill it with addictions and exciting things and entertainment, but it never really fills us. And the only thing that will fill us is eventually God's ecstatic glory. And we have a great tradition in Catholicism about the glory of God. We sing the Gloria at Mass. We say glory to you, Lord Jesus Christ, after the gospel reading. So glory is in our vocabulary. Glory is, is the wonderful pleasure, the comfort, the consolation of God. And then as I was saying, I experienced the love of God. And the love of God is so affectionate, so intense, so personal. I was... Uh, yeah, loved by God. I've been loved by my parents, by girlfriends, by friends, but nothing like this. It was so beautiful. I was one with God. Now, I know I'm going back, and that's why I became a Catholic priest, because I wanted to make my life significant. And I know in society, and I know that you're both life coaches, I know we always talk about being successful, and that's really important. But I want to make a distinction between success and significance. Success is kind of the worldly thing of getting money and materialism and doing well and being respected and having notoriety. Yeah, that's success. But significance has to do with making yourself ready to meet God. And we do that, number one, by developing your personal relationship with God now through prayer, through scripture reading, through celebrating the sacraments. It's really, really important. This is the priority of our life is that you develop your personal relationship with God. This is the meaning and the purpose of your life right now. People that are older, 70s and 80s, they say, well, God must have me here for a reason. He must have something for me to do. 
And it's not so much what he wants you to do, although he does want you to do great things. But as you get older, the main thing that God is after is that he wants you to grow in a relationship with him, whether you're older or younger or whatever age you are. But especially in your senior years when you're not so active anymore, read books and read the scriptures and listen to good radio programs like this one and good TV programs on uh, EWTN. So number one, develop your relationship with God. Number two, really important, is be transformed into the image of Christ. Become a virtuous person. Patience and trust and honesty and love and compassion. These are all virtues that we are meant to develop. And this is something that I did not have when I was 19, 20 years old. And God brought me before his throne. And I had a judgment. God judged me. And I was found wanting. And so God sent me back to give me another chance. And that's why I am doing everything I can to develop virtue in my life. And it's really, really important. And this is significance that you develop virtue. And then number three, now, number one, personal relationship with God. Number two, be transformed into the image of Christ, the sacred heart of Jesus. And then number three, develop your potential. Become all that you can be. I call it Live With Passion. That's the name of my television program. It's really important that you understand that God has put gifts in all of us, and we must realize our potential, become all that we can be, and develop our gifts. And it especially has to do with touching the lives of other people, making a difference in the lives of other people. When push comes to shove, Nobody's going to remember how many golf tournaments we won or the awards that we received or the books that we wrote. What they're going to realize, and this is important before the throne of God, did you make a difference in other people's lives? And that is so Amen. important. That's why I so enjoy your radio program and the, the broadcast ministries, because that's what you're trying to do. You're trying to reach out to people, bring them to eternal life, uh, give value to their lives, make their lives better. And that's the purpose of life. And that's what I learned at the throne of God, Jerry and Debbie. I learned that I had to change. I had to become. I had to be transformed by developing my relationship with God, growing in virtue, and becoming all that I can be. And I'm really working hard at that. Mm. Our guest is Father Cedric Pizania on Take Two with Jerry and Debbie on EWTN Radio. Not taking your live calls today because it is a day off for us, a pre-recorded broadcast, but we do want to bring you the very best guests and topics and enlightening conversations on the shows when we are not on live, and so that's what we're doing today. Uh, so uh, we hope that you will sit back and enjoy what you are hearing right now. Father, there's so much more that we uh, want to get into with you. Uh, one quick other last thing on, on this your book and, and your de near-death experiences. Um, it seems to me that this kind of a book would be of interest not only to people of faith, but people that not, don't necessarily call themselves believers in God or Christians or what have you. Because would you say that the, the question about you know, what happens after this life is really a perennial question and across the board, it doesn't matter where a person's coming from with faith or no faith, but it seems like this is a topic that not only fascinates, but you know, people really want to hear stories like what you're sharing because everybody thinks about this. I think so. Yes, absolutely. And I, I do want to say at that time in my life, really, I had fallen away from Catholicism. I had been born and brought up Catholic, but I was kind of like one of the nuns, N-O-N-E-S, mm -hmm. those who are not affiliated with the church. And 
I needed a vision. I needed something. I needed an experience of God, and God gave that to me. Right now, when it comes to near-death experiences, I think there's a lot of confusion because some of them, quite frankly, are new age type of experiences. But mine, <laughs> what happened to me, it's an authentic experience. It's very Catholic and it's very biblical. I encountered the God of the Bible. I encountered Jesus. I encountered the Holy Spirit. So oftentimes with truth, there's a lot of error mixed in there. And so I don't want people to be confused and say, oh, one of those near-death experiences, that's that new age stuff. Not in my case. No way. This is something I believe it's going to happen to every one of us when we pass away. And so it does give meaning and purpose to life. And that's what a lot of people that are un unaffiliated or nuns, that's what they need. They need purpose. They need meaning. And in order to get that, you have to have a vision. And God will give you that vision. Remember what I said God is searching for us. I quoted Matthew 7, 7. Seek and you will find. God will meet you in your search. I love the parables that Jesus told in Luke 15. He talked about a woman that lost a coin, a shepherd that lost a sheep, uh, and then a father that lost a son. And in all cases, the woman, the shepherd, and the father, they were all searching for that which was lost. So as you're searching for God, God is searching for us. And that's important to remember. A rabbi one time said about the teachings of Jesus, what makes his teachings unique and new is that Jesus proclaimed a God that searches for us. And that is so true. And it's the same about prayer. Prayer is our thirst for God, but also God's thirst for us. That comes right from the Catholic Catechism. That as we're thirsting for God, God is thirsting for us, and he meets us in the middle. He meets us halfway. So in your search, realize that God is looking for you. If you feel lost, I'm glad that you're listening to this program. It's for you. God is calling you. I believe that my vision that God gave me is for you. It's a vision for you to believe that there's much more when you die, that you do have purpose and meaning in your life. And your purpose, your meaning, is to find God and become a significant person. Wow. This is fascinating for sure. I, I, we got to think of some more words to describe this interview, Jerry. This is amazing. Um, uh, this, is, this is absolutely what the Take-Two family, uh, we believe after eight plus years, Father, that they um, need to hear, they want to hear the details. And uh, today on this special broadcast, we are asking the questions um, to Father Cedric Pazania on uh, what we feel the Take-Two family wants to hear about the afterlife. So, Father, uh, we talk about guardian angels. We talk about uh, past loved ones, um, you know, that have been on this earth and then have, have moved on to meet the Lord. Familiar faces, pets. Um, you know, we talk about uh, what happens with uh, aborted, aborted children. How about miscarriages? Did any of those, um, you know, situations or images, did they emerge or were they part of your two near-death experiences? Actually, no. <laughs> I really? Wish I, could, I wish I could say all that. Uh, God gave okay. me a vivid, I wasn't able to see his face. I saw light and I saw the glory and I felt his presence and Jesus's presence, actually his arm around me. But I wasn't able to see all those other things that we do believe, the communion of saints and 
yeah, our parents and, and all that, but I certainly believe that. Uh, we're taught that from the scriptures, from our catechism, the communion of saints. But I, I can only tell you what I've experienced, and, and uh, I experienced God and his love. And I remember what Jesus told me. He spoke, by the way, he spoke in terms of uh, mental telepathy. I hope that doesn't shock anybody. It's, it's uh, certainly, it's thoughts, uh, our thoughts. I didn't hear the voice, but I heard it through, through telepathy, through uh, just a sharing of, of the voice. And what Jesus told me is that he would protect me and take care of me. Beautiful, beautiful vision. And I, I know that I know that one of the main virtues that God requires of us now is trust. Sister Faustina had it right when she talked about, Jesus, I trust in you. And trust is more than believing that Jesus exists. Of course he exists. He's been raised from the dead. He's the son of God. Trust is depending on God and relying on God and leaning on the everlasting arms in every situation in your life, especially if you're going through some suffering. People have operations looming. They're dealing with grieving. They're dealing with physical sufferings, growing older, their own impending death. Uh, so many things, economic problems, relationship problems, physical sufferings, as I said. And in the midst of it all, there is meaning and there is purpose. And part of growing Part of developing our virtue is, is trust. I think, actually, besides love, trust is the number one virtue that God wants from us. He wants us to trust him. And that's all over the place in the Bible. So in answer to your question, Debbie, I wish I could tell you that I saw all those things, but I didn't. But what I did see changed my life. And what I saw was God, that there is an afterlife, that we are going to be resurrected and brought before the throne, and we have to be ready. Hmm. Father Cedric Bazania is our guest on Take Two with Jerry and Debbie today. Father, we got about two minutes until the next break, but I wanted to ask you, um, kind of kind of moving on and spreading out in our conversation here, you really accentuate the positive in your ministry on your TV show on EWTN. And as you know, Debbie and I, that's what we try to come at our, the topics on our shows as a very, you know, very positive way, bringing God into everything that we do. Talk about that a little bit, the importance that people need to really have something positive to hold on to today. Well, there's so much darkness and negativity in the world. And as I said, God is light. I actually won a contest for negativity one time. <clears throat> I grew up in Springfield, Massachusetts, and there's a newspaper there had a contest. It was called Write a Gripe. And a gripe, of course, is a complaint. And I won the contest. I, the the uh, submittal that I, I put in was... I hate dentists with bad breath, <laughs> and I won that contest. So I can be very negative. I call myself the king of complaining if I want to be. But there's another side of me, and we're all like batteries. We have a positive side and a negative side. And I've discovered that through Christ, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. We have a very positive side, and it's our choice. I can either be negative or positive. And I've decided that even though I sometimes hear that voice of negativity, I'm going to live a positive life and I'm going to help people to be positive because negativity does nothing and it leads to nothing, but positivity leads to fruitfulness. And fruitfulness is what the Christian life is all about. This is incredible. Father, I have to tell you something. Your um, personality is is very um, 
infectious you know uh, you're drawn into (laughs) do you get that all the time do people say to you all the time i want to be around you because you're so uplifting that i i think it's amazing i know you you talk about like you possibly could have a side of complaining or something but you don't ever display that well i think i can relate to people that's what i'm trying to do i'm very human just like everybody else but i try to be enthusiastic i use the word passion which means celebrative and i try that in my life Nice. okay well we'll be right back this is a great conversation we're having with father cedric pisania stay with us We are so glad you're with us today on Take Two with Jerry and Debbie. Usually it's you and your takes and your wisdom, insights, lived experiences that drive the program. And we will be back live with you very, very shortly. But we have a pre-recorded show today, and our guest is Father Cedric Pazania. He is a passionist priest. He's written 25 books. His latest is called Death, The Final Surrender. If you just joined us on the program, you're going to want to go back to the archives at Take2Show.com and listen to the opening segment and a half or so, because Father Cedric shared his uh, two near-death experiences and really the beautiful encounter that he had with God in those experiences. So that is uh, based on his book, Death. I should say his book is based on that, Death, the Final Surrender, available at EWTNRC.com. And uh, Father, we, uh, we, we are kind of moving on to other things, other issues and, and topics in our conversation with you. And I know that you, you, you realize, you, you note that everybody faces obstacles and difficulties in life, but you have some strategies, I guess, that you recommend for individuals to overcome challenges while at the same time maintaining their faith and positivity, if you want to talk about that. Oh, there are many challenges in life, and I want to say in my book, Death, the Final Surrender, one of the challenges that people have is grieving. I lost my mom and dad, the love of my life, not, not at the same time, about 10 years apart, but I was thrust into the grieving process, and it's very difficult. And in my book, Death, the Final Surrender, I talk about my experiences with God and the near-death experiences, but I also talk about grieving, and there are stages of grieving. Elizabeth Kubler-Ross talked about those stages, and I bring those out in my book because I think that's one of the greatest challenges of life is to have to go through grieving. You've been married for 40 years. You lose your spouse. Now what? How do you grieve? And it's so difficult. But I want to say that when you talk about challenges, I also wrote another book. I have 25 books. I wrote a book called Challenges Make Champions. And I believe that because obstacles can be opportunities. We know this is life a coach. You are both a life coach. Problems lead to promotion and adversity leads to advancement. When you go to school, all the different grade levels, we are all faced with problems to solve. And as you solve these problems, as you take tests, your problems lead to promotion. And what that's doing is you get promoted to another grade, another level. And all of the education that I've had has formed me and has taught me that this is what life is all about. We're going to face problems. Teaches you how to think. Really important. Gifted people, we're all gifted, but some gifted people don't achieve their potential because what happens is they face problems and they give up. You have to persevere. You have to lean into your problems. There are solutions to the problems. And as you lean into them, you can actually overcome 
and get promoted. And I'll give you an example of that. Uh, I now have programs on television on EWTN, for example, Sundays at 6.30 a.m. Eastern Time. That's on EWTN. Sometimes I'm on the gallery slot in the afternoon, 5.30 p.m. Eastern Time. My program is called Live With Passion. I'm also on other networks. I'm on Protestant networks, Trinity Broadcasting Network, Daystar Network. I'm on a secular network called FE, Family Entertainment, because I'm trying to reach out beyond the walls of the church. Well, getting on TV was so hard. You want to talk about a wall. You want to talk about challenges. You want to talk about problems. Here I am, a priest with a vow of poverty. I had no contacts, no money, no programs. But I had a vision. I had a dream that God, I believe, had put into my heart to reach out beyond the walls of the church with media. Well, how am I going to do that? Well, I was faced with a huge wall, a huge problem, a huge challenge, if you will. And we all have challenges in life, and I'm just sharing you with you my challenge. So I started to get proactive. <laughs> and that's what you have to be in life. You can't just say, oh, I've got a problem, forget that, I'll go in another direction. You've got to face your problems. You know, when the, I think about the walls of Jericho, uh, they came tumbling down with God's help, but they didn't run away from it. They marched around the city and they shouted and they invited God into their problem. And that's what you have to do. So really quickly, I began to visit a priest who was on television, Father Mike Manning out on the West Coast. He's now passed away. He was a divine word missionary. He was on television. So I visited with him and I said, how do you do this? How do you get on TV? And he told me I have to I have to get a base of listeners and viewers. I have to produce programs. I have to get money. And he taught me a little bit about that. I found out that I had to meet people, make contacts. I call them divine connections. And it's amazing. As you start to put your foot into the Jordan River, I'm using a scriptural metaphor here, somehow, some way, with God's help, the river stops so that you can cross over into the promised land. It took a lot of different ingredients. It took commitment, time, work, perseverance. But now, I'm happy to say I now air on EWTN every Sunday, as I said, 6.30 a.m. Eastern Time, Trinity Broadcasting Network, Daystar, FE Network, all these different networks. Also, I have radio programs. I'm on Catholic stations apart from EWTN around the nation. And that's all because I saw my challenges not as an end, not as a wall, but as uh, an opportunity, as a place of promotion. As I said, adversity leads to advancement. And that's what I've been taught all my life. As I said, through school, all the grades, through college, there's always going to be problems and term papers and oral exams that you have to take part in. But as you prepare for these, and as you work, you will, you will come into your dreams. You will mm -hmm. be advanced. And I'm going to really try to push you to be determined, to persevere, be committed, have a dream and a vision, and realize that as you're working hard and as you're persevering, God is working with you. And that's the key. We're not just into self-help. We're not just into self-determination. We are people of faith. And Jesus taught all things are possible to the one who believes. 
And as you believe and you work on your dream, and if it's of God, if God has given you that vision, it will come to be. Wow. You sound like a life coach. I love that. That is that is music to our ears. Um, but Father, um, I wanted to share uh, with you and our listeners that the very first time I saw you and watched one of your programs was on one of the uh, Christian networks. I like to channel surf, Father. And I saw you a long, long time ago on one of these um, on one of these broadcasts on uh, the Christian network. And I, t- I will tell you that um, when I first saw you, I-, I kept thinking to myself, wow, this is so cool. He's a, he's a Catholic priest on this network. <laughs> and well, I, I was just so amazed. And I was like, how did he do it? How did he get on? Well, Debbie, get- thank yeah. you for saying that, because I'll tell you, I'm the only Catholic priest, the only Catholic on Trinity Broadcasting yeah. Network. This is where Billy Graham was. This is Joel Osteen, Joyce Meyer, yep. all these different personalities that people know. And I'm the only Catholic priest on there. I'm bringing Catholicism to the Protestant world. And more than that, as you say, people are channel surfing. People are looking for something. And a lot of those people, the nuns, N-O-N-E-S, that are not affiliated are fallen away Catholics. And they're going to these different networks, as well as EWTN, searching for something. And I want them to be able to find something that's rock-solid Catholicism that can bring them into a relationship with God and bring them eternal life. So that's why I'm, I'm so really, I'm so happy that God has allowed me these open doors. My life is all about a church without walls, and I think that yours is too, mm-hmm. because of the broadcast radio that you're doing. Certainly, we want a church with walls. We want people to participate. We want people to share their gifts. We want people going to communion. But also, we want to reach out. We can't expect everybody to come to us. we got to go to them. And the way that we do that is through radio and television and social media. We have to go to people because what's happening is God is searching for people through us. So I'm glad that you found me, Debbie, on a, on a Protestant network, Trinity Broadcasting Network and mm-hmm. Daystar, because yeah. a lot of people are doing it that way. And I'm not on there to make people Protestant. I'm on there to bring them to Jesus and hopefully to Catholicism. Yeah, no, amazing. Um, yeah, th- that's incredible. So, and God is using you in so many great ways because you have impacted um, so many lives. I know this because I used to do um, ecumenical uh, work for my diocese and interfaith uh, on on some of the committees, and they talked about that that those um, Catholic. Uh, priests and and lay people like for instance Matt Marr you know being a great uh, Catholic yeah yeah, singer songwriter who's on you know uh, K-Love and to be able to spread um, the Christian message message through the through the Catholic lens I think is very important because we hear all the downside right of of how sometimes um, you know our Christian brothers and sisters will will make comments um, that are not very kind about the Catholic Church and stuff. So it's nice to have that balance. So I just want to thank you so very much for for taking um, that on for all of us. I think it's very very important. Um, but Father, moving moving um, forward with this discussion um, about this idea of 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 grief, and you know, a lot of people they when when something bad happens or there's a great loss, you know, they get stuck in that grief. 
they get stuck there. And then all sorts, you know, you talked about the stages of grief and you talked about all of that. And I understand that. And there are those proper stages. But let's face it, Father, there is a rise of brain health issues. There's a rise of those mental health issues where not everybody fits into that exact box of stages. And it's very difficult. I know that, you know, Jerry and I in the life coaching ministry we have, it's very difficult because you can't apply every single you know, principle, technique, and concept to, you know, every person and say, well, try this, then you'll move to this stage. What do you say to, I mean, how do you soul to soul reach people, you know, where they're at? Everybody's got a different level of, of brain health. Um, you know what I'm saying? And it's, it's, it's very difficult. We're in a, we're in a very difficult world to, to minister to, quite frankly, what, what can you say to all of us as we interact with people? And we are, we are called to live out, you know, our baptism and we want to, we want to do good things for God. What, what would you say to empower all of us? Well, thanks for bringing that up, Debbie. I would say that the hallmark of my ministry is uh, pastoral. I try to touch, I wrote a book called Real Life, Real Solutions. People are going through real things like grieving, mental health issues, as you talked about, addictions, physical sufferings. And as a Catholic priest and as Catholics involved in media, I think we have to bring these issues to the fore. This is how we minister to people. And you're right. Everybody goes through things differently, personally, yet there are different trends and different ways that people do it together, like grieving, there are stages, but people don't always fit into that same box. So what I would say is, number one, you gotta be your own best friend. And as a life coach, I would say that. You have to be for yourself. You have to encourage yourself. So if you're grieving, you know, you can't rely on everybody else to help you, although the help of the community is really important. Number two, include God. Really, really important. I deal a lot with people that are addicted, addicted to all kinds of different substances, whether it be drinking, overeating, gambling, pornography, whatever it is. I wrote a book called uh, uh, Real Life, Real Solutions, and I talk about addictions there. But I also wrote a book specifically about addictions called There Is a Solution. And I talk a lot about the 12-step program. In the 12-step program, you cannot recover. You don't get delivered from an addiction, by the way. And you don't get delivered from grieving. You have to go through. You have to recover. You have to come to a, a new self with God's help. You can't do it alone. So number one, be your own best friend. Number two, include God. God is really important. And without God, really, nothing's going to happen. And then number three, realizing that you are a work in progress, that transformation is what God is all about, that your particular circumstances in life is going to bring you to a new place. Life is all about change and transformation and growth. And as I said earlier in the program, we are being prepared for the beatific vision. And this in your own individual journey, if it's grieving, this was God's plan for you that you had to learn how to grieve, how to die to self, how to grow and be transformed in this particular way. Accept this, and acceptance is very, very important, both in an addiction and in grieving. Accept it, be your own best friend, include God, 
and see the wonderful plan that God has for your life. So I would say those things, that there is a solution, God will help you, and you must grow. It's going to be hard, there's pain, there's suffering, but everybody's got trials and tribulations. Our guest today on Take Two with Jerry and Debbie, Father Cedric Pazania. It is a taped show. We're not taking your live calls today, but we certainly are grateful that you tuned in to this broadcast. And you know, Father, you're talking about people are going through a lot of things right now, difficulties in life. We, we hear about it on our show, the challenges people are facing. But one thing that we try to do, and I'd like your thoughts on this, we try to just listen, you know, be a listening ear on our radio show. Give people a platform to tell their story because I think a lot of people have very important things to say, wise things to say, helpful things to say to everybody else, but they just don't have an outlet to do that. So talk about the importance of really just being good listeners and letting people share what they're going through and how that can really be a benefit to them. You bring up something so great, Jerry, because right now the church is going through something called synodality, and the Pope has called us to be listeners, especially the hierarchy. We're listening to lay people everywhere. They've been meeting now for the last two years in groups and dioceses, and now uh, it's being formulated at the highest levels to listen to what the issues are. Really, really important. When it comes to prayer, contemplative prayer, meditative prayer, we are invited to listen. When we read the scriptures, when we hear homilies, listening is so very, very important. And it's through listening, humble listening, receiving the word, this is how we grow important to listen, and it's important to listen to the stories of others. They can teach us so much. That's why we read books. You live one life, but if you read a book, you live a thousand lives. What that means is is you listen to other stories, such as the stories of my near-death experiences. Maybe you didn't have a near-death experience, but in proxy, you can have one by reading my book, Death, the Final Surrender. So this is how we grow, by listening, by growing. People that have been through grieving, this is the genius of the 12-step program. You listen to the stories of others, and you can relate to their stories. I love that saying by John Donne, we are not islands unto ourselves, but we are part of a wider continent. We are all together in this. We are a community. We share similar experiences, all a little bit different, but They share similarities. That's why we must listen to other people. And it's amazing. This is the genius of the 12-step program. People to get, get together in small groups, in larger groups. They share their stories. And it's amazing the transformation and how God shows up through the telling of stories and through listening to stories. Wow. Very good, yeah. Yeah, totally agree with that. And we've seen that like for eight plus years. I mean, I love the platform we have on Take Two, and I'm so grateful. We're both grateful to EWTN for allowing us to have this safe, um, worldwide you know, way for people to speak and share their lived experiences. And we learn and grow together, Father. Um, I know you're super busy, so you probably don't get to listen all the time. But I'll tell you what, people are learning and growing. We're hearing from um, a lot of priests, a lot of deacons, um, some bishops saying thank you for all the homily material that they're getting from the lived experiences of, yes. of yeah, yes. of the Take Two and audience. I'll, and I'll tell you, we're I get a lot of my homily material in a very anonymous way is in the confessional. 
I listen to people and I hear their issues and I hear their stories. They are so honest, so vulnerable, and they open up their hearts to me. And I just heard confessions at our youth conference in Houston. And I know World Youth Day happened back in August in Lisbon, Portugal, and they showed the Pope hearing confessions and so many other priests and bishops hearing confessions. That is a place of grace for us. And if we don't get homily material from our confessional, there's something wrong with us. And I don't mean telling the sins of others. I'm talking about the issues that people are going through, the hurts, the vulnerabilities, the humanness. Like I said, I wrote a book called Real Life, Real Issues, Real Solutions. I'm a pastoral priest. This is why EWTN likes me, because I try to get to the real issues that people are going through. It takes a lot of listening, but it's very, very important. And I'm telling you that sacrament of confession works both ways. It touches the penitent, and it touches the priest. We'll get right back to Father Cedric Pizania on EWTN Radio. This is Take Two with Jerry and Debbie, a pre-recorded broadcast for you today. And I just want to let you know, if you missed part of it, you can catch the encore of Take Two on EWTN tonight at midnight Eastern time on most of these EWTN stations, as well as on demand at EWTN.com radio. And of course, all of these shows are archived at Take2Show.com. A lot of great resources on that page, including our prayer uh, prayer request tabs. You can request, pr- request prayers 24 hours a day, seven days a week, as you would like to do so. And Father, another thing that I think is important, a lot of people don't really do for themselves because maybe they don't feel worthy or don't know how to do it, but you know, self-care, you know, self-care. We, we want to take care of the needs of others and help them during their grieves, grieving and their challenges and so forth. But when we go through certain things, you know, how can we really, what, what are some good ideas and thoughts and strategies about self-care? It's not, it's not being selfish. We really do need to take care of ourselves, don't we? <laughs> I laugh because I am so into self-care and as a life coach as a priest who tries to motivate others very very important and this doesn't mean denying yourself that that has to do with sin that has to do with selfishness but self-care jesus taught about that he said come apart by yourselves and rest for a while it's very very important that we take care of ourselves as i said earlier you got to be your own best friend you got to love your life very important And I'll talk about discipline a little bit because the word discipline and disciple go together. Eat well. I mean, everybody eats a little bit of junk food and ice cream, but keep it to moderation and a minimum. But eat good food, fish and chicken and greens and tomatoes and vegetables. Eat those things. That that really does help. I, I like to say that food leads to mood. Now, feed your mind and spirit, feed it good things like listening to good radio programs like this, good television programs like EWTN, reading the Bible, reading good spiritual books. And then I have developed the habit of, and it is a habit of working out. I mean, treadmill, walking, uh, elliptical, very important to do those things, sit-ups, lifting a little bit of weights, Now, I'm not trying to be like Charles Atlas and have all these muscles, but I want to stay firm and toned. I want to be strong for the road because I preach parish missions and preach on television. Very important that I stay healthy. I take care of myself. It makes me feel better. I have energy. I'm on top of my life. And that leads to me living my dreams and my visions and working on other things because if you feel good, 
you'll be more inclined to live your dreams. So this is so important, self-care. And you are responsible for yourself. Nobody else is going to do it. You can't rely on other people. We're life coaches, of course, and we try to motivate people and say, you can do it. Remember, I was at a gym one time and I saw this woman doing reps with, uh, with weights and her life coach, not her life coach, but her coach was standing there helping her, trying to egg her on. And we do that. I mean, we're trying to motivate people. But the bottom line is, is that you have to encourage yourself. You have to speak to yourself. You have to really motivate yourself to do these things, to stay healthy, not to get overweight. If you are overweight, try to lose some weight. You can do it. And yeah, encourage yourself. Self-care is biblical and very, very important. Oh, Father, you're welcome on this program anytime. Okay, you speak, <laughs> you speak our language, Father. Well, we're um, all together in this, yeah. Exactly, exactly. So a couple things. So Father mentioned life coaching many times. Thank you so much, Father. Um, you can find us um, if you are interested in finding out what we do for our ministry. It's, it's standtalltoday.com, and you can get a free consultation. But I really, Jerry and I really want to encourage you to go to EWTNR rc.com and pick up death the final surrender okay father's book amazing father thank you so much for being with us you are incredible we think about you often we pray that your ministry continues to grow many blessings to you father well jerry and debbie you're doing what married couples catholic married couples ought to be doing and that's living significant lives you are giving people meaning and purpose. You're evangelizing. You're proclaiming the gospel. You are doing everything that you are, God is calling you to do. I am so impressed with the platform God has given you. Keep up the great work and know of my prayers and my love. Well, thank you, Father Cedric Pizania. You will find him at fathercedric.org and also all over YouTube and on EWTN television. Father, real quick, can we get a real quick blessing from you? Heavenly Father, we lift up to you all the listeners, and we thank you that they are persevering and listening and wanting to grow. We pray that you will help them to live significant lives, developing their relationship with you, being transformed by grace, and becoming all that they can be. And now, may the blessing of Almighty God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit descend upon you, remain with you forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Father Cedric. We'll have to have you back on again another time as well. Uh, this is Jerry Usher for Debbie Giorgiani. Thanks to our producer, Ace McKay, for putting the show together. Until we're back with you live, have a beautiful and blessed day. And St. Joseph, please pray for us.